keeping the demons away, mental health wise as well. Like, that that's a big thing because. Uh, well, it is. I sometimes have to pinch myself even now, thinking like, "Oh God, I'm talking to Jamie George on a daily basis. I'm talking to Billy Mako, like Faz, like you know, like it's just these lads who you've grew up watching." I don't think of myself as a pro athlete, I, even though I am. It's like it's just a such a foreign thing to think, like from where I've come from. It was so like intimidating. Like I haven't been. I'm, it might not seem like it, but I actually am very, like, introverted. It's ridiculous. But, yeah. um, oh, that was a really, really dark time. How do players at the top level in rugby do what they do? And what can young, ambitious players learn from them and their journeys to achieve their own dreams in the game? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Brian Moylet, former Irish age grade international player, now mental performance coach, and welcome to the Off-Field Rugby Pod. Hey, hope you're keeping well. Today's chat is a good one. You'll like it. It's with Alec Clary, who plays Tidehead for Saracens. Alec is such a genuinely sound man he signed for Saracens at the age of 26 and didn't have the easiest of journeys in the game up until then he chats about being overweight as a young lad and getting a lot of stick for it he opens up then later in the pod about going through some dark times and then being ready to pack it all in quit rugby get a job but You'll hear so many brilliant insights throughout this about dealing with adversity, perseverance, and also how you be your best self. Alec also shares a lot about mental health. He chats about what he does to be his best self now and how he uses mindfulness to perform on the field. He also chats about what Saracens as a whole do how they uh, practice mindfulness together and what they do during the week to be their best selves as a team on the weekend and also what it's like inside the club. Thanks to Danny who left a review on Apple Podcasts saying very interesting and informative podcast, a great listen for upcoming rugby players and those who want to work in the industry. Really appreciate that uh, review, Danny. And thanks also to those of you who are sending the podcast on to friends and sharing the content on my Instagram at Offfield Rugby. Really appreciate it. So here is episode number 57 with Alec Clary. Dealing with money can be very stressful, and especially with everything that's happening in the world right now and stock markets crashing. If you're not an expert, it can be difficult to know what to do. Sparks Wealth is an Irish financial planner and they are experts when it comes to dealing with finances and helping guide you on what's best for your situation. You can book a free call with Will now at Sparks Wealth on their website sparkswealth.ie. Recently a family member of mine did just that and was so happy they did so. They said Will guided them through everything in a simple easy to understand way no jargon and it was a brilliant experience. So that's sparkswealth.ie. 
so how's life now in pre-season? Yeah, mate, it's going really well. I've uh, I've done a bit of waiting, so um, feeling a little bit fitter. I think that's getting us through pre-season a little bit better than I have in previous years. So, like, um, I knew I was going to have to do a lot of running. So, in the off-season, I decided to run more, whereas I'm a bit of a gym junkie. But, like, I decided to, like, do a bit more road running stuff, so I'm just a little bit fitter, so just a little bit less harrowing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. What kind of stuff were you doing? What kind of running? I was running like about yeah, it was a good like four four or five mile. Um just round there, uh, I went up north for three weeks and just round the roads. Like it was red hot. Um I had my vest on and just like it was class, do you know what? I, I loved it. It was just like big old farmers' fields. Um running through the cow fields and that. It was mint. Honestly, it was really I really enjoyed it. Yeah, that's some going. That's what I'm going four or five miles. I did, I think, 6K this morning. I was wrecked. It was 20 degrees here in Vancouver. I'm not cut out for it. Oh, you're in Vancouver? Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, that's it. And how do you find that then on the joints? It's something when I was I when I when was playing, when I was heavier, like, I don't know, 10 or 12 kilos heavier, I used to find it hard on the joints, the running. Um, It's not too bad. I mean, I'm saying this, but uh, I'm sadly, I've got a little bit of an injury at the minute. I uh, rolled my ankle in training uh, last week. Um, it's on the mend, but like it's just, I've got very weak ligaments for some reason. Like my ligaments are like, I think my Achilles heel. I've snapped my Achilles as well, like not recently, but like in my career. And um, I think it's like a good deal smaller than a normal Achilles should be. So to be fair, it actually, like running, I didn't find it that bad. And to be fair, I did no stretch in mind. Proper, just got out and ran. And like, it wasn't too bad, mate. Honestly, it wasn't. Surprisingly. Yeah, good stuff. And so then that set you up pretty well when you got back in with the club. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, like just doing, doing a bit of weight, like not being as heavy, like getting a bit more mobile. I find that uh, in previous, because... I mean, I'm all, I'm all, I'm, I always work hard, always. Like, I'm not being big-headed. I do work hard, I graft. Uh, but I find, like, getting myself in more positions to, like, to take ball, carry ball, get myself in better positions, it's just a lot easier now. I don't know when you were younger, but was there a lot of emphasis on getting bigger and bigger versus fitter? Oh, 100%. Completely. I mean, every bugger's on gear up north. Like, I don't know where it was you're from, but you walk down the street and, Everyone has just got acne back. Like the, the amount of acne back going about is like honestly, it's a pandemic. It's um like you go you walk into my old gym. I mean, don't get us wrong, this gym's always been full of roid heads, but there's like people that I've known for years, and like it just it just must be like a culture thing up there now. It's just a normal thing for you. It just it, it's it's as normal as having a protein shake up there. So, yeah, there was a lot of emphasis on being massive. And that's all I was really bothered about for a long time. And I don't get this wrong, I still love the gym. But, like, that was one of my biggest things. But I think now I'm, I'm starting to get a bit older, a bit more wiser about it, and realising that I'm five foot ten. I don't need to be 130 kg. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And you can still be as effective in the scrum and in the tight with five or six kilos off you. Yeah, and I feel like what I found so far, like we're just getting into like um, full eight on eight, eight on eight scrums and stuff like that. I found that because my fitness is better, 
my reactions to going from scrum to mall, scrum to mall, is a lot better. Like, I'm not as, I don't feel like my heart's going to explode as much. I don't get this wrong, I still do feel like that, but it's not as bad as it was. So like my aerobic fitness is a little bit better now, so yeah, helps a bit. How did you start out playing rugby then? Uh, well, I've, I've told the story many a time. I was uh, I, I was a fat kid, like just lumpy. Like I used to wear a, a t-shirt in the swimming pools and that, like that kind of kid. You know what I mean? And um, I don't know. I think like uh, one day I was downstairs, and I must like I said I must have been on me like second or third Rustler burger of the day. Like, I don't even know about them. They might be wearable ones. Yeah. You know, like, I was eating them when they were cold in the middle. Like, I wasn't even bothered. Like, I used to like the coldness in the middle. <laughs> a bit weird. But um, I must have been on my me, me second or third. Mum came down the stairs and was like, Jesus, like, we need to get you involved in some sport, man, because it, it, it can't go on like this. Like, I was I was just, the amount I used to eat was legendary. Honestly, legendary around the, my parts. I used to be able to have two medium-sized pizzas, a bag of chips, and then raid me uh, Uncle Ronnie's uh, Mars bar stash in his fridge and think nothing of it, do you know what I mean? And that was it. But, um, yeah, basically started from there. So I did a bit of karate. I didn't like that because the, the instructor hit my leg and I didn't like him after that, so I didn't want to go. And then I did um, boxing, which I loved. I loved boxing. But then one time I was about maybe 13, um, I went to a different boxing place. It's it's in Shilden, box like a uh, Shilden boxing club. And when I went there, right, I, I said to them, I was like, hey, yeah, I play, I uh, I box in Bishop. But they thought I said I boxed for Bishop. So on my first day, they put me in the ring with a lad called Aiden Price, and he and he he kicked me head in like <laughs> so. Like that was a gone after that. And then uh, literally went down the local rugby club one day. Um, and really enjoyed running the tackle bags. Uh, scored six tries in my first game, and it just basically like it kind of clicked from there. Nice one. And when then did you start getting serious? I suppose from being the the lumpy fat kid that wasn't so wasn't playing for it. That's what you said. That's what you said. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, from like not being a sports kind of pl- person to then rugby, like enjoying it. Did it then, like, after a while, were you like, oh, I, I really like this or I want to go after it? or did... Yeah, I mean, don't get this wrong. I'm still not a sports person, Mike. Like, yeah. I'm not, one, uh, like, watching. I'll watch my team and I'll, I'll watch what I need to do to improve myself. But I'm not one for just casually watching a game in the house or, you know, like, catching it in the pub and stuff like that. That's not a bit of me. You know, I'm like, I'm really not a sportsman, Um but it got it got sort of professional, I suppose, when I got picked for county, which was like the first big thing sort of that happened. And that was like uh, Durham County. And I think I was around about, well, I must have been about 14, 15. And I think after I got picked for that, I remember I was in school and I got the letter saying, oh, you've been selected for uh, Durham County. And um, I think from there, I was like, right, I, I might have something in this. You know, like let's stick out there. Let's. I've always been interested in like gymming and being strong and stuff. So like, I was like, right, let, let's 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 let this go hand in hand. So let's go to the gym. Let's go for a run. Let's start like sorting myself out. Do you know what I mean? 
It was, yeah. it was the dark, I reckon. And it just, and then one thing led to another, like Durham County, and you started what enjoying the gym and enjoying the kind of pushing yourself and getting better, and then just kind of kept going from there. Kept going from there. Like, don't get us wrong, I've, I've known some really amazing people through my life. Like, my dad is unbelievably supportive. Uh, my mother is unbelievable. Like, she's always there for me whenever I need her. Um, like, when I was coming up, like, they do anything for me to succeed. I was really fortunate in that. I had I was surrounded with good people at uh, Bar UFC, Bishop Barton Rugby Club, like, um, who really, like, brought me up. Like, I was, like, like my inspiration was like Danny Ross, who was a tight head even now. Like he keeps going into retirement, coming out, going in, coming out. He's still a bishop now. Like he's a must be in his late fifties, late fifties. Um, Stephen Colwell, who was a manager there, who was at like the top boy at uh, Bishop Wantrell. He's got his fingers in so many pies. Like he, he just helped me like throughout to get like in with the right people. So I've been very fortunate in my uh, in my coming up. So. Yeah. yeah, good stuff. And where did it go then from Durham when you were like kind of making county or when you were 16, 17, 18? So, yeah, um, from Durham County, I got picked for England clubs and schools. So that was my big thing. I played against Ireland. Um, and uh, I got my first cap. I mean, my mother slaz it framed. Do you know what I mean? That was like a really big thing. Like, um, and then from there, sort of like, that's when I became professional. Like That's when, like, I couldn't just sack off training to, to stay with the missus at the time. Do you know what I mean? Like, I couldn't just, like, sack training off to do whatever I wanted. Like, I had to sacrifice a lot of nights out and a lot of socialising. And, um, yeah, like, a lot of people believed in me that I could make it. And that sort of, like, drove me, in a way, to sort of make it for them. Yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, from England clubs and schools, it was um, I got, and then it the next best, the next like step was like sort of like college. So I went to Hartbury College. Um, they developed me like massively. Uh, sort of played like um, not one at the weekend, and then like the books first team on the Wednesdays, so like two games a week. Like I don't know how I did it, but somehow I managed it, and that's for two nights out of the week as well. That's like going out on the. <laughs> on the Wednesday so yeah um, yeah it was just literally to Hartbury from there nice and how did it feel going into that England setup like as a young lad and uh, pretty quick like you know you weren't playing sport then you're playing a bit of rugby and then you're in a county side then in an England team like how, how did that feel going into that oh when I was younger everything happened really quick it seemed like um, to when I was like older do you know what I mean like everything seemed to be like uh, Bishop, County, England clubs and schools, like it was, it was really like, it was, it was really full on. Um, but like, it was so in, like intimidating. Like I haven't been, I'm, it might not seem like it, but I actually am very like introverted. Um, I don't like really like public speaking or like, uh, anything like that like even though I sometimes thrive in that like scenario sort of thing uh, but like you know getting there and meeting the lads like, there's one lad uh, England Club and Schools I'm, he's here now he's at Sarri's James Flynn he's the other he's a loose head just come in uh, they signed from Jersey sort of the same place I was at 
And uh, just seeing him and stuff, like, it's just, it's, it's mad, like, some lads that you, you think are going to be, like, amazing and stuff, and, like, they just sort of drop off, and then lads, like, come through and been through the journey that I've been through, like, like James and stuff, like, it's, um yeah, it's, it's mad. It's like a whirlwind sort of thing when you're younger. But obviously, it slowed down a bit when I was, uh, got a bit older. I'm just going to put this fan on, lad. I'm sweating my box off in here. All good. And so what went, uh, you said there, went really quick and then slowed down. What was it like? Harpery, did that that go well? Like playing a lot, playing twice a week, as you were saying, and getting better? And Yeah, Harpery went really well. Like, um, obviously, there's that bit of socialising that you do. I sort of dropped off. Like like you do as a uni student, like any uni, like uni student would be, like not like drinking too much, like um, enjoying myself a little bit too much. But, you know, like I always kept that it. And then, like, I got, uh, yeah, so I, see, I spent a bit of time, like, um, at Gloucester training with Gloucester, even though, like, I never, I played for them once, but never signed, sort of thing, uh, when I was younger. And then uh, went to, got signed for Bristol. And that was, like, sort of, like, the, the big step up. That was, like, the big leagues. I was, like, right, Jesus Christ, like, this is this is happening now. Um, spent a year at Bristol, and then sort of like they offered me another contract but I felt like I wasn't there as a rugby player yet I felt like I needed to genuine I felt like I needed to toughen up um, and what better place than the championship to toughen yourself up man like I, I, being a jersey that you got put through your paces and stuff like it was um, it was amazing but just sort of like a longer journey than what I see lads having now some lads are in the ACAD stay in the A card all the way up to playing like you know like first team and stuff so that's why I'm saying it went a bit slower when I was older yeah and so you were with Gloucester was it when you were in Harpery and is that when it was and trained a bit with them yeah trained a bit with them I was only young maybe like you know 19 20 and uh, I think I had a a league game with them, like one A league game. There's a picture on me. Me, I've I've deactivated my Facebook, but on my Facebook, there's a picture of us somewhere in that kit. Um, but yeah, like just training in and out and so and being in that professional environment, like it's bloody hell. Like I love Gloucester, but Jesus, intimidating mind because you're with all these like big dogs, and it's like it's mad. But really enjoyed it. Yeah, how would you find that like intimidating? Because that's something that even just just chatting to different people. It, Everyone, I think, goes when you step up and level. But how would you find that? Um, I'm quite good with people. Um, yeah, it was uh, it was it was it was tough. Like when you first come in, it was like I remember I was sat in uh, Billy Twelve Trees' spot, and geez, I, I took some stick for that. They were like, "Oh, what are you sitting there for?" Like you know, like you know, giving it a bit of here's like, nothing too bad, but it was just like. When you're a kid, when you're a youngster, youngling, you're like, Jesus, like, what have I done? Like, do you know what I mean? So, like, it's just stuff like that. But, you know, it wasn't too bad. And, you know, I, I sort of kept myself to myself a little bit. Like, you know, stayed with, like, the ACAD, stayed with, like, people who I was playing with sort of thing. So, yeah, it was like, I, I managed to get through that without any, like, big incidents. Like, it was just, it was just good. And so you're just training for like you were there for a few months and then just nothing came of it, was it? And back to Harpery. Yeah. So like uh, you know, in and out of training and stuff, like um 
Yeah, nothing really came of it. I was just like playing for Hartbury and stuff. Like, failed me second year, so did me second year, me third, and then did a fourth year. So I was at Hartbury for four years. So um, there's a lot of student debt. A lot of debt, mate, I'm telling you. And again, I tell you something, you have to pay it as well. I thought I built a bump that to the moment of 50, but you, nah, I'm paying it. Because <laughs> yeah. I thought I'd be. No. Um, yeah. But he sort of dropped off. And then, like, I think. After being at Jersey for three years, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Towards the end of my third year at Jersey, I was, I was around, I was done. I, I think I was a, at that point where I felt like, you know, I've been the champ for so long now, like no one's interested. So it's like, what can I do? Like, I think I'm gonna pack in rugby, get myself moved back up north. But yeah, that must be tough. So, and when you were in Bristol. You turned down that, like you said, because you wanted to get more rugby and like toughen yourself up. So you you kind of turned down a, like a, a chance with Bristol to like go that route to like toughen yourself up, as you say. But that that must have been a big decision. Why did you do that? Um, I just thinking about it. It wasn't the best of offers, for one, which I thought at the time. And I was like, you know, it, it wasn't bad. And it was like about the average of what lads were getting at that at that point. Um, but yeah, it wasn't a lot of money. And, you know, if I'm going to be truthful, I just didn't feel like Bristol was a good fit for me. Um, you know, I, it was just... I suppose with the environment I was in at the time, it was just, it was very like, it was a very like, there was a lot of tight, there was a lot of people in front of me. I was not going to get a sniff at a game. Like, it was at that point where they came up from the champ, like bought loads of players. Like, just like, like you know, silly money, like bought loads of players. And I think I was about, even ACAD, I was about sixth or seventh choice tight head. So, like, at that point, I'm like, I'm not going to get any game time. Even when I was there, I maybe had three or four A-League games. And, um, you know, I say, like, maybe about five scrummaging sessions in the year I was there. And there was this one point where I was playing against Exeter in the A-League. And uh, I was propping against Murray Law. And he shoved me head so far up my ass, I was licking me over the kneecap, mate. And I, he pushed me over my try line. And, you know, there's only there's only been two times in my life, I thought, three times in my life, I thought, yeah, I'm done with rugby. And when I got pushed over my own try line, right, and I was sat in the changing rooms in Bristol, like, my back all bent out of shape, right, my neck twisted like this, I thought, yeah, it's not for me. So I think that, that, that was sort of part of the reason I turned that offer down. Yeah, and then so you went off to Jersey, and how was playing in the champ? Like how how was that? I've heard lots about it, but how was that? Hard, mate. It is the champ is a is a rough place to be. It's um, you know, like the, the competition physically is just it's it's a don't get us wrong. Like prem is is hard, but these lads are like, like you get the old heads, you get such a different variety of lads. Like you get the young up and comers, the the people who've been in the Prem, drop down, like, love it, like, massive, aggressive, just, 
if you want, uh, what they do now, if you want, like, to get toughened up as the academy, like, get yourself in the champ for a couple of years. You like, you go to the like some of the worst pitches. There'd be waterlogs. You'd be drowning in the scrum. Like, it's it definitely puts a bit of character into you. Yeah, and with Jersey, then you're it's interesting. You flying flying all around the place, obviously. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how they afford it. I was yeah. having this conversation. I've not got a clue. They must have this mega deal with the airlines. But to fly to and from so many times in the season, I just genuinely don't know where the money comes from. Yeah. But they find Yeah, and then you were saying towards the end, what was it, third year, you were kind of like right, just about ready, you were saying, to wrap it all up. Yeah, I just feel like I, I run my course in rugby. Like I, I tried as as hard as I could try, and you know I've been dealt some shit hands. Not not as bad as some people, but I've been dealt some shit hands with my snapping my Achilles. Um, I felt like this was in my so my first year, I was sort of a newcomer, so I was maybe like you know second or third choice, and I feel like I worked my tits off in that second season to come back in the best way I possibly could come back. Like, I was really fit. I was really, like, ready to go and aggressive. And, you know, like, I got my scrummaging down. It was it was all going to be class. And then uh, first game of the season in Coventry, snapped my Achilles. And it's just like, you know, to be hit with that for it and you're out for a year. And it's just like, it was a, it was a, it was a tough thing. But don't get this wrong, like, Hats off to Jersey. They looked after us. They kept me. They, uh, they did everything they possibly could for me. And, like, you know, like, God bless them. Yeah, and how was that, snapping the Achilles? How was that road, getting back? Uh, I very... Because I was with the, the missus I am with now, and she's so patient with me, but, like, you know, I, I was getting, like, moods. Because you're on the crutches for, like, months and months and months. And I don't know if you've ever used crutches for that long or I'd like any injuries or anything, but crutches are a... I'm not to swear on this, Brian. Yeah, of course, yeah. Crutches are a fucker, mate. Hey, I'm so said that. I'm going to be swearing a lot more now. Crutches are an absolute bastard. I tell you something, like, I was I was there with my crutches and even just picking someone up from the floor. Like, I sometimes forget they were there. My arms all over the show and I'm slipping all over the, the floor. And, you know, like, I'm coming back. Like, we had a little dog. We were looking after um, my missus' dog at the time, little Lily. And uh, the shite all over the floor. I'm getting my crutches in, in the shite. I'm slipping all over, you know, getting, like, getting proper pitted. Um, I'm in this boot and it's painful. And it was just like... It, it's mood changing and it tested my relationship to be fair because I honestly I was a bell end sometimes I was just so fed up and so like sick of just watching everyone get so good and I'm just sat here in fucking twilight zone you know like thinking what am I going to do now do you know what I mean it was just like and the road and I was just doing loads of but don't get us wrong I got to 130 kg because I, I was just eating and like getting as big as I possibly could up top and I got really strong, but that was a good part of it. That was sort of a release. But um, seeing my legs wither away, like you should see the size of the calf difference, even now. The calf difference, man, I look like a freak when I have when I have like shorts on. You should see it. It's ridiculous. But yeah. um, oh, that was a really, really dark time being like in that boot, man. 
just looking for hours and just being in the red hot heat with a fucking boot on. Honestly, it was horrendous. Yeah, bleak. And how how do you kind of push, keep pushing then to, you know, like you said the next year you were nearly ready to give up. How did you not kind of think I'll pack it in then or how do you keep pushing? So like, you know, like to the world, the back end, I managed to, like, you know, when I was like fit, I managed to get myself in a decent enough nick, like nowhere near where I was before I snapped my Achilles, man. Like, I was on top form, but, you know, I, I got through the season. I had, a, I had a really good season. Um, got man of the match a couple of times. Like, you know, like it was really like, it was really progressing good. Um, and like, I don't know, like it was just, I think because of, like I had I had a few games in the in the first year. I snapped my Achilles in the second, and then I like, played like a season, like a full season, like starting in the third. I was just like, look, I've been here for three years. Look how many games I've played. Like I played more for Saris than I have for Jersey now. So it's like, it's like you know, like how, how long am I going to be in the champ now because I've missed that fucking one year where I've done my Achilles? How how long do I have to wait for this? And you know, you're not getting any younger. I'm not a spring chicken, do you know what I mean? It's just, it was, it, I think it was that mindset. And then, like, obviously with my, my missus and stuff, like, and, and the, you know, they do what they can, Jersey, but, like, sometimes the money's not as good. Like, I know it's a tax haven, but everything's so expensive anyway, so it doesn't really make a difference. Like, all the food's taxed, so you pay, like, an extra pound or an extra summit on top of what you'd normally pay, and, like, I don't know. I was just, I was just sick. I was, to be fair, I was, I was thinking about getting just a regular job. To be fair. Yeah, and in the champ, like you're kind of, are you, you're going season to season, are you? Just kind of like hoping that you'll, you'll get a, a bigger deal or get a, you know, up to the prem or up to a top div because money's not great there, is it? It's not. No, it's, it's, it's not great. I mean, don't get us wrong. Like I was, I was fine. I got by. Um. Yeah, no, I, I did get by and stuff because my missus had a job as well and she was making good money. She was like manager of Pandora. So she was making like books compared to me. Like I was like, I was the housewife. I'd, I'd get home, like make sure that make sure the dinner was ready and, and all that. Like, do you know what I mean? It was uh, a bit of a role reversal. Uh, but um, yeah, you know, some lads love it though. Some lads will be in the champ and love being in the champ and stuff and you know that like hats off to them, like. But I just felt like, I, from be, I just wanted to push on. I really wanted to push on, and if that wasn't going to happen, I couldn't see myself staying in the champ. Yeah, and with that third year, when you're saying you wanted to push on, were you just like, I'm just going to give it everything, and just like, did you like with that, and then things things happened. Um. Yeah. Pretty much, mate. It was a. Uh, you know, I have an agent um, and all you can really do is just do your best and like hope for the best. That's, I mean, what else can you do? Just, you know, play, like play games week in, week out, make sure you put out your best, like best performance you can and just hope that, you know, at that specific point, one person is there who, you know, like a scout and like they, they get you at your best moment at the, like, the right time and stuff like, um, so yeah, man, like you're just trying to get get through it and hope for the best. Like it's all you can do. Yeah. How did the move to Saris come about then? Fuck knows. I, I couldn't tell you now. I genuinely lad people knew about it before I did. Like I was sat 
in the change rooms one time and everyone was like, congratulate me. Because I haven't had social media for a while. So they're like, oh, congratulate me about Saris and stuff. And I was like, what? What are you talking about? Like, I thought it was um, Leroy Atalifo who was going to Saris. So I was congratulating him. But he ended up going to Edinburgh. So it was like, it was such a kerfuffle of a thing. And yeah, it was just such a weird situation to be in. Like, everyone sort of knew where I was going before I did. And then obviously, like, got the call from Kendo and, you know, that like, it was just, yeah, it was just a crazy, like, almost didn't feel real. It was surreal. How's that? So, so you were, like, you weren't on social media. You're not on the phone or whatever. So boys saw the deal or saw the chat something, online or something. Something must have, they must have found out somehow. Uh, I haven't got a clue because I didn't know. Like, I was probably one of the last people to know about it. It was, um... Because I genuinely thought Leroy Alifo was going to Saracens. And I don't know whether he had a talk with them or whatnot, but, like, I just don't know how it happened. And then, like, I have got the, the, like, phone call from Kendo and Nick Kennedy and stuff. And, you know, like, the rest is history. It's just, it's just such a bizarre way for it to, like, come about. Yeah. And how was then stepping into that? Stepping into, like, essentially one of the best teams in the world? Uh... Well, it is. I sometimes have to pinch myself even now, thinking like, oh, God, I'm talking to Jamie George on a daily basis. I'm talking to Billy, Mako, like Faz, like, you know, like, it's just these lads who you've grew up watching and stuff and couldn't even imagine, like, you know, just coming to work and just, you're all right, Bill, how's it going? Do you know what I mean? It's just so surreal sometimes. And I suppose it's like when I first came in, I just sort of had to put all that to the back of my head. And just think, look, like I'm just coming into a team. Like, if I overthought this, which I'm a classic overthinker, like Brian, like I overthink everything. If I overthink it, I, I will not put my best foot forward here. So I just sort of had to come in and just be like, right, let's get down to business. Let's either make it or not. Yeah, that's a great attitude. Just like kind of focus on your work, do your do your work, because it'd be so easy to get overwhelmed, have imposter syndrome, think you're not good enough. Because like you said, you watch these boys on the TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is easy to think like that. But, you know, I just think I I adopted... Some, sometimes you don't realise you're doing it, but, like, I'm quite proud of myself because I adopted a certain way of being that, like, you know, it's it's a team and I just need to do my best in this team don't think I'm an, an imposter, just sort of like try and fit in as much as possible. And yeah, it sort of worked out for me. So like I sort of adapted quite well to it. Surprisingly well, I surprised myself. Because sometimes now, like I said, I think just Jesus, like a Mac over there, do you know what I mean? It's just, it's still a surreal experience, but like somehow, and I don't know how I adapted at the time. Yeah, no, that's a great, yeah, that's a great one in that just focusing on your job and the job that you have to do right now. And when you do that, then you kind of, you don't get overwhelmed by all the other million things you could be thinking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's completely it. Just, I, I, I surprise, you surprise yourself sometimes, don't you? Yeah. yeah. And you, it looked then that you hit the ground running there. Like you were playing pretty quickly. You were in getting a lot of minutes and and appearances then when you went to series, weren't you? Yeah, I was just like, I think it was just like doing like just major enthusiasm. I was just, 
wanting to play everything. Like, I remember one time Phil was like, oh, do you play loose? And I was like, I can do, if you want me to. Like, I'll, I'll do anything just to play. And like, I still have that enthusiasm now. I just, I want to be involved in everything. I want to do everything. I want to go to, I want to like pass after. I want to do extra like scrummaging technique sessions with Chippy. And, you know, like it's, it's just having, I think having that enthusiasm to just like do anything to play was sort of like what helped me like get on those times. And yeah, like I'm really like fortunate that like, you know, I adopted that attitude. Yeah, that's a brilliant attitude. And how, uh, how was the, what were the differences between the champ and Saris? Uh, at first, the speed. I can't remember one of my first games. It was against Bristol. It might have been my first game. And I remember just stood there and like all this stuff's happening around me. I'm like, what What am I doing? Like, I, I was like, what, what do I go to next? Do I go to this rook or the rook It's already come out? Like, it was just like, that took some getting used to because I think when you're playing on a, on a shitty, muddy pitch, like in the middle of fucking nowhere, and it's a lot different to being in these big stadiums on these like, like you know, like 4G grounds. Like it's just, is it 4G? Is that what you call yeah. them? 4G? Yeah, yeah, no, it is. Like hybrid grounds, coconut in the ground and stuff like that. It's just, it's a whole like different kettle of fish. Like lads are rapid. Or, so yeah, that took some getting used to, but fingers crossed. I'm, I'm hopefully keeping up with them now. Yeah. And anything to help getting used to it or? Just uh, training, mate, you know, just training with the lads, like trying to pick up speed, you know, like train hard, play easy sort of attitude sort of thing. So, yeah, just being around it and trying to keep up with the top lads. Yeah, I haven't heard that one before. That That's a good one. Train hard, play easy. So I'd put the, like, put the work in and training and... and... Don't, yeah, don't, don't say like, oh, this is a quote from me because that's a, that's a bloody... Everyone said that, you know, that's a, that's a well-known quote. That's a good. Oh, I'll put your name to that. No, I'll put your name to that. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. Like you put in the graft and training and just work hard during the week, and then it's easy at the weekend. Yeah, that's it. Easy at the weekend. Wait, I mean, it's, it's it's fucking not mine. It's not easy at the weekend, but you know, it'd be a little bit easier than if you play if you train like shit. You play like shit, in my experience. Yeah, yeah. And um, do you feel like fully comfortable now? Like you know, at that. Or sorry, well, well, actually, did you always think that you could play at this level? Nah. God's honest truth, nah. And I think it's outside sources believing in me that helped me get to where I am. Like, I've got a very supportive fiance. Like, she's unbelievable. Like, my my mom, like I said, my mum, my dad, my dad's always pushing me. Like, he'll always tell me the truth, which I respect. He'll always tell me if I've played shit and always tell me and you know I come from a family where like getting the piss took out yet is I, I can't remember last time I had a compliment from anyone in like my family do you know what I mean it's just yeah. it's like frowned upon to compliment someone like uh, you know I've had it all my life like um, it's just that sort of environment but you learn to like take that criticism on board and you you, you got a thicker skin because of it like um it takes a lot to like, you know, get under my skin because I've had it all my life. Do you know what I mean? Like, fat boy. I once went to Light, uh, Lightwater Valley, which is like a theme park near where I live. And I wore a, a fluorescent green T-shirt and all the flies got attracted to me. T-shirt. 
And he called us Flyboy for five years. Brian, he called me Flyboy for five years. Flyboy. <laughs> I, was, I was known as Flyboy. So, like, you know, when, when you take that sort of shit when you're younger, like, you know, being called a dickhead, sort of like, I've been saying your shit is just sort of water off the duck's back. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And did that, I used to be fat as well when I was younger, but it drove me on. Did that, um, did that, did you use that to, to drive you? Um, not really. Like it was, it wasn't as, because like I said, like, you know, I always had the pistol cock with me. I always like, used to rip my trousers and that, like, when I was a kid. My mum had to buy, like, loads of pairs and used to rip the ass out of them all the time. You know, I took a lot of stick. Um, but like you said, you get a tougher skin and I wasn't as bothered anymore. Like, as soon as I got into rugby, it was sort of like, I'm a pro. I, I started as number eight and I went to a prop and it's sort of like, I was more interested in packing on muscle. And stuff, and I wouldn't say it's had any major impact on me, other than you know, like still being a bit like resilient to get my shirt off, or like putting a pillow over me my belly when I'm like sat on the couch. It's just stuff like that that's probably affected me. But besides from that, like nothing. Like it's just just part of my life. Yeah, because it'd be so easy to go the other way and start to allow things to affect you and and like your self worth, and then like not kick on and become you know a, a pro top level athlete and someone who you know like go to the gym and get strong and get fit and and cut it with the best it'd be you know you could people could just i think i think just easily go the other way you know and just be like oh well sod it all yeah 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 i think i think that is a possibility it's like but what you're saying there like you know pro athlete it doesn't pro athlete it's just it doesn't it's not a word that like I don't think of myself as a pro athlete. I even though I am, it's like, it's just a, such a foreign thing to think. Like from where I've come from, that I am actually like in that, at that level. It just doesn't feel like that. You know what I mean? It's like, it's just like you go to work, you put in as much graft as you possibly can and you, you play against other teams on the weekend. Like it's just, you know, there's this big pedestal, um, sort of thing that when you're a kid you're like wow do you know what I mean but it, when you when you're there it's like I'm just the same mush you know what I mean I'm not like any different to what I was before this it's just you know like I'm just at a very I'm just at a, like a level well I wanted to be do you know what I mean it's just it's different but did you um did you feel like being fat as a kid affected you it definitely drove me like I you know like when I was I was about the same athletic now mate you're more of a bro no I am no no I'm I'm slimmer now but like yeah no when I was like 11 12 13 I was fat and I used to love sports but like I'd I'd be like I'll I'll prove you wrong kind of like in my head I'd be like I'm gonna be the best be it like football rugby boxing basketball whatever it just drove me to be the best like I always in competing I just always want to be the best in whatever sport and I got so much out of that that like you know then if someone would turn around and be say you're fat or whatever i'd be like i would just channel it into you know you, you'd talk back to them but then you realize that doesn't get you anywhere like getting into that and you're just like well that doesn't get me anywhere so i may as well just you know go onto the pitch or the court or whatever so that's how 
you know, it drove me and then all of a sudden... What? I can't have had the same experience, but it's good that you have used that to, to do that, do you know what I mean? To drive you. Yeah, you're like this. There's a bit of crap for you, right? And, the, you know, you might call us a dickhead. You might not believe it, right? But remember, you watched Matilda as a kid. Yeah. You must see Matilda, have you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bruce Bogtrotter from Matilda. Yeah. Right, well, back in uni, I said, I, w- I was watching Matilda, right? And I thought, fuck me, like, what's his name now? So, like, I, I put in his name into Facebook. Anyhow, he only come up on Facebook, right? So I thought, right, this is the actual guy. So I Googled him. It was the actual guy. I was like, fuck me, I can't believe I found him. I sent him a private message on uh, Facebook. So anyhow, I did it. I sent to him. I thought, I'm never going to get a reply back. Do you know what I mean? I'll say whatever the fuck I want. So I sent him a message saying, hey, mate, just watch Matilda, and you ate the fuck out of that cake. And like thinking I'm never ever gonna get reply, right? But he only fucking replied back saying, uh, wait, I've got it, mate, I've got it here. Can you see us or not? I can see you. Wait there, I've got it here. I said, um, fuck me, you demolished that. <laughs> and he said, Yup. <laughs> and I'll tell you something, right? It was just made me dear. Oh, that's like, absolutely just said. Yup. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, man, that's my claim to fame. I'm buzzing off that story. It's absolutely <laughs> class. Claim to fame. Yeah, that's my claim to fame, that. Yeah, nice one. Um, that's a good one. And how uh, how far into the, you know the way you say, like, you don't see yourself as any different, and that's brilliant. That's unreal, like, not, you know, getting too high on yourself or anything. But how far into the future do you look? Do you, like, you know, down the line, do you be thinking... Well, I mean, I'm motivated now. I want to play thing. Eventually, I want to play thing. I want to get to a level where, you know, like, I mean, everyone wants to play for England, don't they? Like, I mean, if you're an English like person who plays rugby, like that's that's the dream, isn't it? It's just, you know, like I want to get myself to a certain level where I'm in the running for it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I have aspirations. I want to move on. Like, I, I feel like anything's possible. With, that, with, the, with the journey I've had, I feel like it's a possibility. And if I just, I feel like if I, you know, keep working hard and stuff, like, you know, it, it could be a very, like, you know, achievable possibility. Yeah, 100%. Oh, fuck. Sorry, like, what we see. 100% and uh, how do you so you, you set that goal and um, then like getting better and getting after what you do week to week learn learn and absorb as much as I can from all the lads around me every single person like everybody has the strengths everyone has certain things they're like best at and it's just speaking to everyone and just like learning from them and like I'm in an environment where you know like everyone's just pals like, there's, like, everyone just wants everyone to succeed. It's just a very fortunate... I'm in a very fortunate environment to be in, mind. Just everyone just wants to get on. So, absorbing as much as I can. Um, and, you know, like, keeping keeping the demons away, mental health-wise as well. Like that That's a big thing because, uh, you know, you can go down that rabbit hole Um 
you know, quite a bit. So it's just, you know, keeping a level head and just absorbing as much as you can. Yeah. And have you had those in the past? Um, You know, like, everyone has ups and downs, bro. Do you know what I mean? It's, um, but you, you just, you know, you, you get yourself into some dark place and you think, oh, God, like, I'm not going to, what the friggin' hell am I doing? Like, I'm not, what am I doing here? I'm not good enough. Um, those thoughts come in and, like, you know, you get stressed out and, you know, like, I've been at, at points sometimes where, like, you come into work and you feel like people are chatting about you behind your back and stuff like that. And, you know, they're not. They're not and they wouldn't. Um, but, like, you know, your fucking head can play tricks on you and it's a funny thing. Uh, so, yeah, just being as positive as I can and putting myself in the best, like, mental state to achieve what I want to achieve. Yeah. And are there anything I fully, I know exactly what you're talking about. And is there anything you do to help you to be your best self? Um, you know, like, I mean, all you have to do is just talk to someone at the club and have the crack and just realize that people are just like, really like want the, like they want the best for you. Do you know what you mean? You, you're inside most of the shit that goes on is inside your own head. Like you get these anxieties. Um you think like, oh, they're gonna they're gonna talk about me, they're talking about behind me back. Like or you get like awkward like conversations and you feel like you're being awkward and you know, you it's like a hard thing to deal with sometimes. So what I found recently is just you know, like I know it sounds daft and stuff, and this is like not like a, like you know, like a concrete solution, but works for me is just just making sure I've got enough sleep, making sure my food's on point, like making sure that I make time for my family, you know, like switch off. Um, I think last season, I, because uh, I was so overwhelmed with getting in saris and stuff, like, and like playing these games, I, I didn't want to lose it. I didn't want to like, you know, I wanted to keep playing and stuff. So I literally spent the off season in the in the gym and like running and you know I didn't give myself time to switch off and uh, that affected me massively I, I think through the season like I just I didn't have that off period so it's just about you know when you get home you know learn what you need to learn but just just switch off be with your family like do something you want to do and like not worry as much about things and that's helped me massively um, like you know like designated times for certain things you know and like yeah I feel in a very like positive mental attitude so far I mean it's it's early doors but like I am very positive so far oh that's unreal thanks for sharing that and uh yeah it's so true you say about just I find it too the simple things getting your eight hours sleep eating good food I know it myself when I start eating shite and pro and like takeaways and processed food and it tastes nice and stuff but then it starts catching up with you or you start staying up late and you start eating it starts catching up with you a little bit you know and um the other thing kind of what you're saying there is the the mental peace kind of when you let go like let go of all the worry and let go and just like like let go of it you know yeah 100% like when you were saying about like the takeaways and stuff like that there as silly as it sounds you do need a takeaway now and again don't of course wrong. don't get me wrong here there but like it's temporary happiness it's like something that you enjoy at the time and then literally five minutes later I feel like a fucking slug 
I feel like a big fucking, you know, sweat box. And I'm sat there thinking, why did I do that? Like, for me, McDonald's, I can't even eat McDonald's anymore. I can't even do it myself. It just, I feel so shitty afterwards. And it's like, when you're on a routine, you're eating good stuff, you're getting your vegetables in, you're getting your sleep, you're, you know, like, you just feel a lot happier for a longer period of time. Like, it's more consistent, you know? It's just, but like, yeah, sleep is a big one for me as well. Like, as long as I get me eight hours, I'm fucking sound. Yeah, 100%. Oh, it's, it's mad. And sometimes I found as well that was brilliant with the sleep a couple of years ago is going to bed like a similar time every night, like even on the weekends and, and having that routine. Because what I used to be doing, you know, you, you have your routine during the week, but then stay up till two or three in the morning and then you're kind of all over the place and your sleep's all over the place. But just dialing in those kind of couple of things has such a knock on effect. You can't get it back, mate, either. You can't get those like that time back. Like it's, you'll just feel knackered for weeks. It's just, it's one of them things. But like I'm in bed half nine pretty much every night. Um, I have a routine. So I'm in, in bed at half nine. I know you shouldn't really go on your phone, but I literally go on my phone till I watch Family Guy on my phone till I've got one eye shut like that. I've got one eye shut. And I, the, I literally go to bed when the, the phone's about to fall on my face. And that's normally around 10 o'clock. So literally, I'm in bed. I'm in sleep by ten, pretty much every night. So it's just you know, like I think as well, you know, there's like these. Obviously, if you need help, like with mental health and stuff, like there is an aspect of helping yourself to an extent. So it's just you need to sort of like do things, change things in your life that like are causing negative effects in your body. Yeah, for sure. There is a lot of it about helping yourself first. You're dead right. Yeah, like like and kind of sort sorting out the things that you know you need to sort out. Everyone knows that you shouldn't be eating that shite food. Everyone knows that you shouldn't be staying up till all hours and and that. Like you kind of know that yourself. And it's it's we can all find things that we know we can do a bit better. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. And do the do they help you in in series? Is there any like um? I don't know, mental health support or... Yeah, loads. There's, lad, there's Jonesy. Um, he, like, offers a lot of support. The CC, who does a lot of mindfulness, uh, which I find really helpful. I used to do mindfulness, but I do mindfulness before every game. I do, like, 10 minutes meditation before every game. Um, you know, the support's there when you need it. Uh, it literally could not be better in that aspect of things. I always find it so helpful. And, like, they, they have this environment at Saris where, like, you could walk into the coach's office and just have a crack and, like, you can speak to anyone. So it's like, and all the, all the physio staff is so, like, really, like, one of, like, some of my best mates on the physio staff is just, it's just a really cool environment, like. That's unreal. That's unreal. And, yeah, it's so important uh, to create a good environment, not to have anyone on pet, not to have anyone above anyone or below anyone. You know, like, we're all this, everyone's the same. Like, we're all the same. We're just all in it together, you know? Yeah. And uh, what kind of mindfulness stuff do you do? So, like, um, so Cece will get us all in a circle and he'll just, like, sort of ask us to relax. And, you know, like, with the with my meditation specifically, it's like, I've got like go on YouTube and like these sport like ten minute like guided meditation for like sport and stuff and it's just about like you know just chilling out before games and stuff. Don't feel like don't add that pressure on yourself. 
because it, like for me, it had negative effects on me. Like if I overthought things, which I do, I'm a massive overthinker. Um, like if I started overthinking things, it just wouldn't pan out the way you'd want it to in like like games and like you know like imagining in your head like what obviously in your head like just imagining how you want this game to go and what you're going to do and stuff like that you know like um, there's a word for it visualisation oh, visualisation yeah visualisation it really helps yeah and that breathing like, like I said that meditate that's class that you're doing that that meditation to to just bring your center yourself, bring yourself down a bit, you know, that you're not all getting so wound up in your head that you're all over the place. Yeah, hundred percent. Like um, you know, like the breathing techniques and stuff. Like is that uh oh the marine breathing? Have you done have you done that? The four, is it? Thing, yeah. The cycle, yeah, mate. That's um I mean I, it doesn't work for me, mind, because I, I get bored of it so quick. But like, you know, for some people, it just calms them right down, helps them sleep and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, no, the meditation is class. And do you do it any other time outside of before games? Um, Not really. I've got a two-year-old, Brian. I'm, I'm on my feet all the time. I, she's honestly, she's at that age where like, she doesn't give a fuck. And like, she'll just, um, she'll do things, then look at me as if to say like, what are you going to do about it like? Do you know what I mean? But uh, yeah, I'm I'm on, like I'm pretty balls to the wall at the minute, me and my missus, and we've got like we've got very little help down here. Like it's not like I can drop them up north to my mum and like to my dad. Do you know what I mean? Like drop them and just uh, right have them for the weekend. We're gonna have a date night. Like it's not as easy as that. And babysitters are a fortune as well. So yeah, for the time being, I'm pretty like I'm, pr- I'm pretty busy through the week. You're busy. Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, good stuff. Alec, thanks, Mill, for uh, chatting. It's been unreal. Really enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it too, Brian. We should do it again sometime. Yeah, for sure. Maybe end of the season, uh, yeah, towards the tail end when you're winning a Prem. <laughs> yeah, keep on. And called nice up one. for England for the first time. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Cheers for clicking into the pod today. If you'd like an extra podcast each week from me, you should join the First 15 tier on Patreon. The link to the Patreon is in the show notes of the podcast. You can open that up now. And it's also in the bio of my Instagram and Twitter, which is at offfieldrugby. And you can get it on patreon.com forward slash offfieldrugby. On the Patreon podcast, I talk about mindset and performance mindfulness and everything involved with helping you be your best self and when you are your best self you will be the best player that you can be it all starts with as you heard with alec chatting there it all starts with you being your best self and then from there you can go onto the field and be the best player that you can be and reach your potential on the pod i also answer any questions you have and i tell you who's coming up on the main podcast on here and get any topics and questions from you that you would like me to chat with them about. I help young rugby players get to their next level, so if that's you and you'd like to have a free one-on-one chat, go to my Instagram or Twitter at Offfield Rugby, click the link in my bio, and you can pick a time there that suits you for a Zoom chat. Lastly, if you're a coach and would like to have a chat about how we can work together to help your players deal with nerves become more confident and play in the zone just send me a dm saying 
hey Brian, when are you free to have a chat about working together on mindset and performance? Whatever. And you can DM me on all those uh, places I mentioned, Instagram or Twitter, at Offfield Rugby. LinkedIn or Facebook is Brian Moylet, my name. And my email is offfieldrugby at gmail.com. Thanks Emil for clicking in today. Really, really appreciate it. As always, uh, you spending time here and sharing the podcast, sharing it with friends, sharing the content on Instagram, liking the posts on Instagram, all that kind of stuff genuinely means the world to me. Thank you so, so much. Um, yeah, can't thank you enough. Really, really appreciate it. I'm very, very grateful for you. Uh, have a brilliant rest of your day. Cheers. <laughs>